podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav and with me I have got Phil and Keith and we've teamed up with bookmakers.com TV to rank Liverpool managers right from back from Shankly right through to the present day with Jurgen Klopp. There's been 11 permanent managers of Liverpool since 1959. Ronnie Moran has been in there as a caretaker coach. Kenny Daglish has been in there twice. We're not going to include Ronnie Moran, but we're going to put Kenny's two um, stints together. The managers have been Shankly, Paisley, Fagan, Daglish, Souness, Evans, Julier, Benitez, Hodgson, Rogers, and Klopp. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little chat about it. We're going to rank them from 11 to 1. We're going to argue about it and see who comes out on top. Um, Phil, I, I think it's going to be easy enough to pick number 11. Um, out of all those, so I had to think about it. Uh, you, you couldn't have had to think about it. I did. Okay, so I who did, did you come up with? After a long, long talk, who did you come up with? It was only when you told me that that Doug Leach was only going in once. That's where that's where I could stop thinking then, because mm. his, his second period at the club was awful. Okay. Like, bit, let's be straight about it, right? But so on that basis, then it, it ended up being Hodgson. But Julio was a close second to me. But yeah, Hodgson, yeah. That's your deep disdain for Jared Julia. Um setting in already. Keith, it's it's Hodgson number eleven, isn't it? Yeah, Get it's Hodgson. Out of the way quick. Yeah, let yeah, it's the easiest selection we're gonna have in the whole thing. I, I think he's the worst Liverpool manager we've ever had, mm-hmm. even going beyond Shankly and going back to the, the black and white days when he played football with a cow's heart. This fella lowered expectations to where, you know, defeat was becoming acceptable and you know even if you go back before Bill Shankly we were relegated and you know we, we didn't have the best of times um, before that everything from Shankly you could make a case was an upward trajectory Roy Hodgson was an unmitigated disaster he was ran out of town after what six months and, and I think even that was generous so I think he's the worst manager we've ever had I think he's one of the worst managers English football has ever seen but that could be just blinkered by his Liverpool stint for me but yeah definitely number 11 Roy Hodgson Okay, number eleven. The only thing I say, Gav, is I reckon if Hodgson had been around in eighteen ninety two, as the club was being founded when they kicked yeah, everything out of Anfield, he probably would have said, "No, nah, we'd be better off building houses here instead." Yeah, yeah. Be but, no Roy, but Roy Hodgson, of course, has given us that moment where he had a massive row with Watford's um, mascot, and then Hardy a few gone, years man. later took over at Watford. So I'd say that was awkward when he was coming in the door at the time. And yeah. the greatest, and the greatest picture of ever of all time for walking with intent when him and Sammy Lee were walking with intent from the dugout. Yeah. Oh, listen, I, I can't talk about him anymore. Hodgson is definitely number 11 in the list. <laughs> I'm going to throw Graeme Souness in as number 10. And the Ooh. reason being is he takes over in 91 um, after Ronnie Moran has that caretaker spell. He comes with a massive reputation from Rangers after he's won how many titles in a row up there. He arrives in the door and he pulls the squad apart. Um, he sells the likes of Staunton, Beardsley, um, Houghton, and he brings in absolute rubbish bar you could argue maybe Mark Roy who has a bit of a, a career at the club but everything else around him for me is rubbish and he leaves in 94 he does win the FA Cup in 92 but for me Graeme Souness just set the club back so many years in what he tried to do too much too quick and done it badly Souness would be my number 10 anyone want to disagree oh yeah okay <laughs> I think Rogers. Um, Brendan Rodgers I think was absolutely hopeless as well he gave us a great season but I'm not really putting it down to Brendan Rodgers and I think what what happened after that and what subsequently has happened to Brendan Rodgers career 
I think he's a snake oil salesman who maybe struck lightning in a bottle a couple of times and never capitalised on it. I think um, Graeme Souness certainly wasn't the best Liverpool manager, and I do agree with everything you said. The, the squad work <coughs> that he had to do there wasn't um, wasn't very productive, but for me, he won an FA Cup, and it was the start of our decline, but Brendan Rodgers, for me, was just, yeah, uh, absolute con man. He, 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 wins, he wins the FA Cup, but... He should push on from there, but he just dismantles everything. Like, yeah. He gets he gets time. lucky winning the FA Cup for me in '92. He gets Sunderland in the final, um, and he just he's just in the middle of tearing this club apart. And we talk about United in the early '90s and building and building and building. We, he just took us and threw us into complete threw the car in reverse, and um, it took us like years to recover from it. And that's why I feel a bit sorry for managers that kind of follow them. Phil, who would you got number ten? <sighs> I think it, it it's fairly tough. I, I genuinely do. Look, I, I'd, I'd have Hulia there. I'd have Sunas there. I've Rogers there. I agree with Keith in terms of where where it is. And Doug Leach is there for me as well because I can't separate his second period at the club no, you have to. to his first period at the club. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I can't because you told me we can't. So there's no two Doug Leaches. There's only one. So I have to. Yeah. You have so to take overall, it as, as, Doug Leach, like Doug Leach, Doug Leach in two so spells you know, wins you know, three leagues, two FA Cups, and a League Cup. I'll, you I'll can't give put him down. I'll, you can't put him down with Rogers and Sunas. I'll, I'll go. With, well, see, the other thing is though, when Sunas takes over, they come very close to winning the league when he takes over at the club, right? They come. They they look like title contenders in the second season. Um, before it all goes, Pete Tonga they finish sixth, but they win the FA Cup. The biggest stain on Sunas's piece with the fans that took such a long time to to finish was the interview he recorded mm-hmm. in that certain tabloid, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. that really. Yeah, that turns the fans against them. And unlike most Liverpool managers to then, once you get the fans offside, it's a very short leash. And that's what happened. There was no... If he hadn't have done that, I think there would have been a greater um, level of patience from the fans in terms of what he's trying to achieve. Because the one thing I will say about soon is you said it, he tried to change too much too soon. But there was very little for him to work with when he came in. They dismantled the reserve team. There was no U program in place at that stage, right? The boot room was only known by name. It wasn't like that there was a there was there was a there was a legacy or an academy that was sitting at the club. And he has to rebuild that from scratch in terms of what's there. So I'm not gonna to start to say, yeah, but the whole period as a whole, it's the worst period outside of the Hodgson period as a Liverpool fan. And he he wins the FA Cup, I agree with you, but you can't dismiss then what happens after the FA Cup. And the whole fallout with the fans as well. Mm-hmm. And I love Graham Sunnis as a footballer. I remember him, vaguely remember him playing. But when I look back and see him playing, he was an absolute monster as a centre midfielder yeah. for Liverpool before he leaves. So the, it's not that. And I've enjoyed him as a pundit as well. And like he has come out and apologised for, for that interview that was done. But it's such a pity because I think, as I said, had he kept the fans on side, there would have been an awful lot of um, patience given to him and afforded to him because he could have given the spin as to why he had to do what he had to do. Because as we talk about the rest of them, every other manager that comes after him is given time to do what he needs to do or say that he needs to do. Okay, so I've, I've gone with Sunes, Keith's gone with Rogers. Would we be all okay if we put Rogers at 10 and Sunes at 9? No. He wants to. Yeah. yeah, he wants to. Yeah. I've, I've, I've an argument about Rogers, right? That as much as much as he messes up, that one season in 13 14 is the is the is the catalyst to everything that's gone on since it's the one thing that's given the fans belief in the best part of 20 years that we could contend properly but, for a title but then, but then he does his best to take it all back yeah and 100%. when he gets when he gets a chance to walk away from it and go listen brilliant 13 14 
14, 15, I think you lose Suarez, Sturridge, Hodgson actually does storage, storage on England yeah. duty, but mm-hmm. he just not following what Liverpool have told him to do. And it's a disaster. But when he loses 6-1 away at Stoke, he should walk. As a Liverpool well, man, balance, he should if, walk. If, if, and and then if, if he, he nearly, for me, he I, completely I tarnishes his Liverpool um, thing. Because I, I, I'll tell you now, I can't stand the man now. Uh, I, I, I get that. I so get are, we, that are, we going, are we going to rank this? I'm going soon as 10, right? And then if you want, you could twist the arm on Rodgers at 9. Right, we'll go, we go soon, as, soon as at 10. And we're going with Rodgers at 9. Okay, so I had Roy Evans at eight. Okay, takes over for Sunes. Yeah, it's a bit of a car crash. Plays good football. Liverpool are way too soft though. They play decent football, but they pass for the sake of passing at times. Amazing they, football. They, no, they pass for the pa- sake of passing for me. But then when What's they you? when they get Collymore and they get when they get especially when they get Collymore and Fowler together, they, they open up a bit. McManaman, they open up in a big way. But they've just a soft underbelly, and that's what kills them in league chases in, I want to say, 95, maybe 97. And it, he just, he wins a League Cup in 95 against Bolton. But I think when you look at the pedigree above him from here, I know it's ranked A, but when you look at the pe- pedigree above him, I think he just that's just where he sits in this. Keith? Yeah, yeah, Roy Evans, he was a, a great ambassador for Liverpool. He was a great servant for Liverpool. He was there through it all. And when he got the gig, you know, he was a nearly man. He did have a great team. And when you look back at it, they played some excellent stuff. But I don't know. When they brought in Phil's May Houllier, I think um, that was the, the death knell for, for Roy Evans. And it's probably not his fault that, that it ended the way it did. But to me, I, I have him way down on the list. Like, well, unfortunately, I think you, it, I, I'm going to make a plea to you, Spout. Yeah. If you let me put Evans in, I actually have Julia at seven. So without us going around the houses here, I if you give me Evans at eight, I'll let you go at Julia at seven. It was that sound. Because <laughs> <laughs> Phil's dying to get to this fella because he just cannot stand Jared Julia. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh. can we have Evans at eight? Yeah. Yeah. Ev- I'm happy with Evans. I had Evans ranked low. So so where are we now? We've got Hodgson at eleven. We've gone with what Sunes at ten. Is Hodgson it? at eleven, Sunes at ten, Rogers at nine, Evans at nine. Eight, and I have Julia at seven. Phil. I left Phil open, yeah, because I'm 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 good. I, I knew I wouldn't I, I knew I wouldn't win having them higher up the list, right? Because yeah. you lads will ta- just talk about trophies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'll be straight with you, right? I never think of any joyous moments with Julia as manager. Right, they've won a treble in 2001, Phil. None of it was enjoyable. None of it was enjoyable. It's some great go times back and watch, watching it, I have to say. I didn't. I didn't. Go back and watch the games. They're, it's a horrible, Torgid. long ball. Torgid, yeah. disgusting football. The Wave Cup final wasn't. But that's because it went mental. Yeah, that but was. that was an accident. Crazy, yeah. yeah, it wasn't. Right? Yeah, okay. It probably was an accident. Well, not the giving best Gerard Julia any credit for that one. The best period of football under Julia was when Phil Thompson was managing the team when he was ill. That was the best. That was the best period of time to watch Liverpool as as a Hulia. They had a great run as well. They, they did. did. Yeah. Honestly, God, after that, before that, and after that, they never, ever, ever looked like a Liverpool team. So he may have gotten the club back into a position where they were contending for domestic honours and playing well in the UEFA Cup, but they never looked like they were going to do anything 
in the Champions League and they never looked close, even though I think they finished runners-up once, they never looked close to winning a league title. They remind me of that time that was it Mourinho finished second with United to Guardiola and he was about 4,000 points behind Manchester City. Yeah. And it's like, it just, it never had that feel. Arsenal won the league that year and I think we finished runners-up and we never looked close, never at one stage put any pressure on them at all. We just, I think we finished second with 60 points or something like that. It was, you know, it was back in the... <coughs> no, the, the, who I think we finished second in, I want to say 03, 04. No, no, earlier than that. Um, or one or two, and Elka's at the club. And then, yeah, we oh, bring in But I think we finished with about eighty yeah. points. But Arsenal win I don't it comfortably. I don't know if it was that high because if you go back and look at the old league winning totals, eighty points probably guarantees. You no, it was, it was a fairly high. It was a fairly high number we had. A fairly high number we had. Forty. Um, Keith Hulier. I get where Phil's coming from. I think when he comes in, yeah. the one thing I will say for him is when he comes in, he identifies that soft underbelly and he decides that's not enough. And he wants big, strong players and he wants to be physical. Now, he does do a lot of back-to-front football. Um, he walks off the, the fact that he gets Heskey in, um, you know, about a year and a half into his tenure and he just, he focuses on Heskey playing off on and they can hold people in a big way. But you probably don't see the best of some players under Julio. He does win that treble. Um, he wins the league cup in two thousand and three when they beat United uh, um, in Wales Cardiff. in Cardiff. Yeah. But but I think even at that stage the writing's kind of on the wall. From I remember going to um, UEFA Cup games and it wasn't good for Julia. You know when they were in the UEFA Cup, it wasn't good for him and people wanted him out. And I think it was just a case of yes, you got us this far with that sort of football. But when you look at the kick on, you look at to be entertained a bit more, and it just it, it just plateaued at that, didn't it? Yeah, it, it did. It went stale very quick. But, but you know, I think it's very fair that he's rated ahead of maybe the others that we spoke to because of the, the trophies that he won. But the football, you know, Phil is right. It was terrible. When you look back at it and you look at the style, and even when it was good, it wasn't attractive football. Do you know, and you think of the players that would have come through in that era, and I don't know if you can blame Julia, you know what I mean? But players that you maybe would have expected a bit more from and it didn't work out. But... I just, yeah, there was for a year or two before he went, there was a lot of uh, people saying, get him out. Do you know what I mean? It had really gone sour there at Liverpool for Julia and the, the heart uh, the heart attack, you know, he got a lot of sympathy for that, but it was just never, never really the same. And when you think like that, we were looking for something more attractive and went for Rafa, that tells you the, maybe the style of play that, that Julia was serving up. But he did. As you said, Gavi spotted the soft underbelly there. He went in and he brought a level of professionalism to the team, similar to Arsenal Wenger did at Arsenal, that he he maybe brought that continental um, attitude and training and, and um, dietary stuff, all that sort of gear, brought that in. That Liverpool were way behind on, let's be honest. Um, and so I, I do give him credit more so than, than the Rodgers and um, Roy Evans of this world. But yeah, he's, he's definitely nowhere on the list than, than where he's going to be. Right, well, I, that's Julien at seven. Phil, who would you have at six? This is a toss-up, and this is a very tight toss-up for me. This is either, for me, it's either Doug Leash or Benitez, right? Okay. And I go back to, I go back to Doug Leash, Sully and his legacy with that period that he has where he comes in as a caretaker and should have just ran for the hills after the caretaker bit, right? Because yeah. if, he, if he does that, perfect. You know when something is just a perfect little shot in the arm that everyone needed after Hodgson? get you over the line, get you to where you need to go, and everyone's just going, king, magical, right? However, 
there's that bit and then there's what comes out that season that comes out it's terrible in terms of what happens and until we sign and he, he picks up Charlie Adam from a chipper and, and drops him off the thing for yeah. a fitness test and what have you right but if, if you go back to the 80s and I was blessed to have witnessed this I remember the double win inside when he was player manager but most importantly those teams from 86 to 89 the John Barnes is just yeah, yeah the John Barnes Peter Bearsley John Aldridge the midfield with Steve McManaman and Jan Molby McMahon. Ronnie Whelan yeah the you know Neugel just this Spackman. this it had everything right the, yeah. so the football that he was playing now is the type of football that people are, uh, watch today that was had the same level of pressure that was going on and it was the only thing that was different was the, obviously the back pass rule hadn't come in so you're able to just knock it when you went one nil up you could just go back to your goalkeeper yeah. and just spend your whole time playing ones and twos with them right but but for me that is why i would have benitez here as opposed to doug leash and that was probably a long window way of getting to benitez but for me that's why i'd rank doug leash above benitez benitez comes in here because i think benitez was promise without fulfillment Right, he yeah. does win it. He does win a Champions League, but that's the peak. I know 0809 does a great title run in terms of what it is, but that first year with a team that is his weakest team in his whole time he's here is the peak of his achievement. Instead of it being the stepping stone that it really should have been mm. to either win the league or winning another Champions League, and we do come close. I know we come close again, and he takes us to another Champions League final, but it just was that unfulfilled. Yeah, it was just that unfulfilled promise. Mm. If he wins the league in 0809, he's definitely above Doug Leach because of where he's had to come from. But he's still, like, Doug Leach takes over as player manager the best team in England with the best squad in England, right? And well, Everton are champions we, when he takes over. I know, but we dominated up, like, we're going yeah. to talk about Fagan and Paisley, right? But they dominated up until then, right? You always have your odd rival in terms of what's there and continues that on and continues in the vein, but rebuilds his team after 85, 86, which is what, which is the most impressive thing that Kenny Douglas does. He fully rebuilds the team and gets them probably the best iteration of what they had over 10 years. But for me with Benitez, you're right. He wins the Champions League, but then rebuilds a, a, a very good team. But I think ultimately Benitez, Benitez himself, right? He overthought games when he sh and showed too much respect to teams when we, which ultimately cost him. So you go back to the 08 or 09 season and you look at all those draws against Birmingham and Wigan and stuff, and it was all this. He was so tactically aware that it actually tied him up in circles an awful lot of time and ultimately cost him a league title. That, mm -hmm. that for me is why Benitez goes in at six and, and is no higher. I'd have Benitez at six as well. I agree. I think, you know, he comes in in, in 2004 and you see, you know, Alonso arrives, Garcia arrives, and further on down the line you see Torres and stuff like that. But he wins that European Cup and he shouldn't. He's no right to right but he does he wins the fa cup the following season and you're thinking you, you know the way you see managers nowadays where you go like tuchel wins a european cup with chelsea and it's just you know it's all downhill from there because they he's literally set a level for himself that they will now expect yeah whereas if if benitez had of won got to a semi-final of the european cup and then won an fa cup the following season and then you know only, and then built it where you went even in 08 09 you go he's close he's close but then he gets himself tangled up with the owners, and, and the owners are appalling, don't get me wrong. But he gets himself tangled up with that. He's he's getting himself tangled up with the likes of Ferguson, who Ferguson knows Benitez is coming for him. But Ferguson just distracts him so well by just making mad stuff up and Benitez bites. But a European Cup and, and an FA Cup does put him up there off what the base he was coming in off. But I still think I'd have him at six. Keith? Fagan for me um, at six. 
um, and simply just because of the the brevity maybe of his of his of his reign. You know, he wins trophies, but I think at that stage, he wins a, he could, wins a league title, a European Cup, and a League Cup. Yeah, well, lads, which, can, I just, can I just Keith just just to just to sort of act as devil's advocate to that thoughts process, right? He wins the forced domestic treble. Yeah, no, no, and look, I, I've no issue with what he won, but my my argument for for Fagan is the team nearly was looking after itself at that stage. Do you know what I mean? So so mm-hmm. Shankly builds her up, hands her over to Paisley, you know, and and at, even at that stage, Paisley's just continuing on what Shankly had started. When Fagan comes in, I think it's a case of, you know, you're, you're talking about a team of winners. Or you're talking about a multi-European Cup winning side at that stage. And I think the job he done, well, not trying to diminish it at all. It, you know, it's brilliant. I just think he was there for a short period of time. He carried on the team as it was. So I would put him in sixth for that reason. Um, I would put Rafa maybe in fifth because I agree. I think Rafa did get himself tied up, but the situation around the league, around Liverpool itself when Rafa came in was maybe a harder one to to navigate for him. So I'd, I'd flip them to, I'd have Fagan in a six and Rafa in a five, but you know, I'm happy to go with the majority on this and put Rafa into six. I had six Benitez, Fagan five. That's yeah. what I had. Phil, do you want to switch it over and go with Keats? No, Benitez at, at six. Because okay. I had Daglish at five. Okay, so six. You had Daglish at ten, so I'm surprised he's made it up. <laughs> he's, made know, he's, he's coming through the pack one. here. <laughs> yeah. By the end of it, you'll have a Daglish tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we go we go six and five, right? Now, mm-hmm. I have Klopp at four. So let me make my argument and then you can tear me apart, right? Hold on. I think the job Jurgen Klopp has done at Liverpool is phenomenal. Again, for the base he's had up to now. I maintain that he's the best football manager Liverpool have had since Paisley. I maintain that. Um, and then you probably look at me going, well, why, why is he at four? He's there seven years. He's won every trophy he can win once. You know, he's won an FA Cup. He's won a League Cup, World Club Cup, Super Cup, League, European Cup. Um, he's won. He's won it all. I'd have him a four though because I think the three above him for different reasons have had a bigger effect on Liverpool Football Club. And listen, I'm 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 open to being pulled apart. We're twenty two minutes in here, so we probably have about five minutes left, right? So I'm gonna let you decide this because I'm probably think I'm wrong in that. Right? But my arguments my arguments before you I'm not gonna let you decide the top four as the guests, right? But I would have Paisley at one. Because in nine years he wins six titles, three European Cups. You can't, you can't, you can't go that way. It's, it's, you can't start do a countdown show. And, 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 no, no, and, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what I. I'm going to tell you what I would have. But then I'm going to let you tear it apart because I know Klopp and Forrest is going to worst top the pops. Right? <laughs> nobody is saying. I'd have Shankly at two. Wait, <laughs> I'd have Shankly at two because just where he takes the club in 59 up to 74 three titles two FA Cups and UEFA Cup in that time but it's not only that he rebuilds Liverpool from the very bottom to the top and I'd have Daglish at three um, Daglish wins three leagues two FA Cups player manager as well and a league cup in 2012 in the second stint but I think Daglish always in my mind pushes himself right to the top not only because of the manager he was at Liverpool but what he dealt with with Hillsborough 
just puts him right up there for me. Like, I mean right up there. And that's not to disparage Klopp in any way. I just think in that circumstance, you have to take that into, into consideration. But that would be my top four. But I'm quite happy for you two to mull it over and give me the top four because I'll happily stand aside because okay. that Klopp in Fortune, it probably is a bit ridiculous. Keith, I'm I'm I'd prefer to do a normal countdown where we don't give out our yeah. number one straight off. Well, I'm just going to give yeah. you that so you can argue against. Well, I, it. Okay, so I, I, to go against Gav's idea of clap at four, right? I don't believe that any manager that, that of the managers that were left because we've kept Joe Fagan outside the top three, let's say, right? Any manager that hasn't won one of the two key trophies can't be in for me. Can't be in the top three. Right, and there's only three left that have won the league and the European Cup. Okay, now I'll come back to what that is, and for me, that's why, even though I had Kenny at number ten, Kenny for me is going in because he was picked Fagan at five. I, yeah. I would have had Kenny at five and Fagan at four because Fagan won a league and won a Champions League or a, a European Cup. Right, mm-hmm. for me, Kenny goes in at four for that specific reason. He can't win the European Cup because of what's going on at Heusel, right? So he's, yeah. he's caught by circumstance in terms of what's there and completely understand that. And he probably has the best team outside of AC Milan in that late 80s period, which is the greatest regret that we'll, we'll never got to see those two teams play against each other. Yeah. Rodrigo Saki, AC Milan and... and I'd argue we, we had a better team in the earlier part of the band than, than AC Milan did. I think they came stronger at the end of the 80s. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. there was European Cups there to be had if he, if he had been playing. It would have been, been a wonderful meeting of the yeah. two teams it's hard to, to carry on this legacy that we keep playing them all the time and you, you have this long history that between the two teams that's there so that's the, but that's my reason for putting Doug Leisha for I think he builds a fantastic team in the late 80s but going back to Keith's point he's not building from scratch he's not building something he's 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 in a position of power as the best team in the country who won the double on the team that more or less the Fagan built and had handed over to him from in 85 and then he takes that on and makes it makes it better again, which is great. But then you have this period, right at the that second period that we're talking about, where that season where he also brought us Charlie Adam, Stuart Downing, uh, amongst others. I can't you can't dis- separate the two. And the three lads that we're gonna t- for me that are above them haven't had that period yet. Now, obviously two can't, one potentially could, right? <laughs> so but at this moment of time, that's why I have him where he is. And I'd, I'd put, then we can talk about the audio of three. Keith. Yeah, okay. I, I sort of do get what you're saying there, Phil. He, he could. It's beyond his control about winning the European Cup. I think you know if if if. But I think Liverpool would have won European Cups in that period if they weren't banned. But you know he didn't at the end of the day. And I would agree. I put him in fourth as well because I think what Kenny Dalglish done with Liverpool, the on the field stuff was good. But it was the off-the-field stuff, Gav touched on, you know, the stuff around Hillsborough, but even Heusel. I mean, Heusel happens in 1985, Hillsborough mm. happens in 1989. It's a very, very short period, do you know what I mean? And there's, is there many players that were at Heusel that were still around at Hillsborough? I don't think there was that many of them, do you know what I mean? So, it's it, the toll that that took on Kenny Daglish and the amount of, um, you know, the, the amount of work that he done off the pitch for Liverpool would have an argument to have him as the number one, to be honest. But if I'm marking this solely on managerial, I'd say, yeah, f- number four, Kenny Dalglish. Okay, so you're down to four. You're left yeah. with Shankly, Paisley, Klopp. Yeah. And I you think three you minutes have a... to do it. Right. Okay, three minutes to do it. So for me, in number three, this this might even get past number three in this one, but I'd have Shankly in number three. Ooh. Okay. Right? right. And the reason why I think, look, 
Liverpool exists as we know it today because of Bill Shankly. Completely agree yeah. with that, right? Um, he builds something that's absolutely incredible and amazing. But he builds it at a time when any team, and this is not to disparage what he does, but any team, you're capable of building any team in England into yeah. a team that's capable of winning the league and winning trophies, right? Mm -hmm. You have Celtic winning the, the European Cup. You have United winning the European Cup. You've got Leeds coming. They build Leeds up from nothing. Look at what Brian Clough does at Derby and then go for two years, they disappear. And then he goes to, to um, Nottingham Forest, builds them. Ipswich under Bobby Robson comes from nowhere. Yeah. Goes close to win the league. Everton Villa. managed to win trophies. Villa are there as well. Wofford with Graham Taylor and, and Elton John. Like they 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 they, they literally But but for me, that's the difference. And this is why I rate Klopp above him, right? In in terms of what he's doing. And this is this is not recency, but to do what he did was possible for a number, for lots of different clubs because they were more or less building off a level playing field if you put a system in place. And even Busby did it with, Man with Manchester United in a, in a similar vein, right? So it was possible in that period to have these um, ball-work managers who are just who just built them and became the foundations of the club and became known as the foundations of the club for what they are. So that, that for me, is why Shankly goes in at number three. And I'm, I'm, I'm open to being disagreeable, but that's why I have him there, because it was possible for somebody else similar to Shankly to come along and done something similar. Keith is... I, is... I, I don't agree with Shankly as number three, but I do agree with the thinking behind it. Um, yeah, because is he, is he pushed into three because of where Paisley takes it from 1974 onwards? And where he yeah. pushes it to? And then what Klopp walks into... And over the space of six, seven years, what he achieves is—is is that the only reason you'd push maybe Shankly down? Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I, I had Paisley in three, to be honest, um, and only for the reason that I think he carries on the good work, and I, I think you know Shankly laid the foundations. But I agree totally with what Phil said. Back then, you could take nearly any team and make them champions, and what. Shankly does is he live, takes Liverpool, makes them champions, but he, he makes he sets an aura around Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? He creates more than just a team. Like if we look at Brian Clough, goes to Derby, does it? He's gone. Goes to Forest, does it? They dip. Goes to um, Don Revy at Leeds, does it? They're gone. Do you know what I mean? There was no sustained, um, no sustained success nearly from from anybody that that turned into a dynasty the way. The way Bill Shankly did at Liverpool. So I I to be honest, I'm happy enough with either way on that. I'm happy to go with Phil and put Shankly in at three. Okay. Um if that's what he wants to do. But I just the, the reason I went with Paisley was because I felt that Shankly built and Paisley carried it on. Okay. So we're down to Bob Paisley and Jürgen Klopp. Number two. Well, I've I've, al I've already set out why I'm putting Klopp at number two over Shankly, right? I, and and that gives away who my number one is. And I probably I've said enough about Klopp as to why I think I'd, I'd, I'd have him having the edge because and it, it's similar to what you said. He had nothing. He came into an absolute um, marsh, right? It was it was it was it was, a, it was that mem where or meme or whatever they call him, where the dog is on fire saying everything is all right, everything is okay, yeah. right? It was like it it was a bonfire that he walked into, and to do what he did in his quick in in the amount of time it takes him to do, it takes him basically eighteen months to take that team from being absolute dirt to challenge challenging again for top four, and then the step on, and everything is what's amazed me about him is going back to the Rafa piece, going back to what we just talked about Evans, and even where we're talking about Sunas. He's had those, they were steps. 
everything has been a step, 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 building stone, building stone, building stone, building stone, right? And every time we get to a season, he seems to achieve anything. Even the worst season we've had under him since we've won the league are being challenging. It still has that air of achievement because of how far behind they were to get them to Champions League. And that's a mentality thing. And it's like for a man like Klopp to come in to to get the club and get the fans and do what it is, that to me, and I said, and build the, build the club back to this pinnacle. We were a journey for players to go to. We're now a destination. He changed the club from being a, a stop on a journey to a destination. And that, that hadn't been done since the Kenny time going back to the late 90s. It was the des- it is a destination for players to get to. So that for me, that's why Klopp is there. And Paisley, I'll give him a Paisley argument, right? Uh, to, to counter Keats in terms of Bill Shankly. The, the bit around Paisley, he was known as Shankly's tactician, right? So he's the, he was the brains behind the, 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 manage, the, the sort of head coaching. Well, he was the head coach to, to, to Shankly's club manager or general manager that was over the club. And he's there present for all of Shankly's reign. So he's intrinsic in what, doing what they did under Shankly. Shankly goes and the team only gets better and achieves only more when he steps away. And to be the most winningest, and I'll use that American euphemism, win, winningest Liverpool manager of all time in their most decorated period and to be the greatest English manager. I'm not talking about a manager of an English team, but the greatest English manager of all time. That to me is why Bill Paisley stands alone at the top of this Don't list. Don't call him Bill Paisley. <laughs> Bob yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd get that in somewhere. <laughs> um, Keith, I've said Klopp is the best football manager at Liverpool Football Club yeah. since Bob Paisley. So I, like after me being thrown there with Klopp and stuff like that, um, where, where my predictions will be or where I would rank them, I think you have to put Paisley 1 and, and Klopp 2. I've put Klopp 1. Um and I can, can see put it, it down to recency bias, but the, the, the reason that we put Klopp as number one is, as we touched on there, what he's had to build from absolute garbage to where we are now and against who we've had to do it against. Mm. So forgetting about just Man City for a minute, park them, park Pep Guardiola. You look at the resources that Chelsea have, that Manchester United have over the last 10 years, you know, they're spending power and, you know, they're draw for players and managers alike. You know, the best managers in the world have been at Manchester United, have been at Chelsea, so we've been told. And that's without then Manchester City and Pep Guardiola coming in. People criticise Jurgen Klopp's um, trophy hall. Is it a success that he's only won one Premier League and he's only won... He's, he's got three Champions League finals. Right? He's only won one of them, but he's been in three. He's been in the Europa League final. He's got three 90-point seasons. Like Before that, before him and Pep, how many managers have got 90-point seasons? And he's made this team from absolute nothing into a machine and it's just that he's up against um, you know Man City a country Man City are a great team Pep Guardiola is a great coach I think he gets very fair, unfairly criticised because of the wealth that's behind him that tarnishes maybe his coaching ability but he is excellent but I think for Jurgen Klopp that he's going up against it if we didn't have Klopp you'd be looking at a situation where no other team is challenging against Man City and how anybody would want to see that it's only because it's Liverpool and Jurgen, and, and Jurgen Klopp that they're you know, trying to play this down. I think he's taking the team on its knees in a time that's harder to get them back up than what Bill Shankly done. Um, I think Bob Paisley, yep, the, you can't argue with the trophies and, and the, the time period that he's there for. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's done this over 28 years, 40 years. 
He's nine done years. it in, in a short short period of time. Nine done, years, six yeah. titles, three European Cups, you wave a cup and three League Cups. And three European Cups is the clincher. Do you know what I mean? If you're trying to make it, want to make any argument for any great manager, put your Champions Leagues and European Cup medals on the table there and we'll talk. Mm-hmm. We'll go from there. And how, how many managers have won it three times? Do you know what I mean? So I think there's an argument to say, yeah, that Bob Paisley... And my take on this is them top three, you could put in any order and, and I'd make a case for each one of them. But for me personally... I think Shankly building her up, pulling ahead of Paisley's winning, winning this, and then Jorgen Klopp for what he's had to go against. I think to judge him solely on the trophies or lack of multiple Premier Leagues and lack of multiple Champions Leagues, I think is unfair. I think when you look at what he's had to do it against and the, the, this whole thing about not having any money to spend while doing it, I just think the fella's a genius. I think he's lifted up the club. I think he's lifted up the city. I think he's lifted everything up around Liverpool Football Club. And look, we all remember, we're not going back that long ago when you're looking at Roy Hodgson or in some cases, Brendan Rodgers. Do you know what I mean? That's not that long ago. And now we're looking at Jurgen Klopp and people are unhappy about that. And I just can't get my head around that at all. I think he's the greatest thing to happen to Liverpool. So are we Are we, Are we? we stuck here? We are. What's new good? But I, I'm willing to I'm willing to concede. I'm willing to concede. But you would Paisley number one, Gav. I've Paisley number one. I had Paisley right? one, yeah. And, and I, listen, I'm not, I don't disagree with a word Keith says because no, people will come back to me and go, well, you had Klopp in four. I have Klopp in four because um, of what the, what these three in front of them have A, done for the club and won yeah. and sacrificed in, in, the, in yeah. the case of Daglish. That's why I had him at number four, but I'd happily walk away here with Klopp going number mm-hmm. one or number two, but... Are we going Paisley one clock two then? Yeah, for me that's oh, that's Lord. my order. So okay. I'm going that way. Okay, well listen, it's going to end up. I went away, but I'm happy to. I'm happy to go. <laughs> well, listen, that it's going to end up. It's yeah. it's going to end up on the internet. This and you know yourself yeah. when it ends up on the internet, we'll get absolutely slaughtered. But it should come to um, it should lead to some good conversation. Yeah. That has been the LSE Day Trippers um, ranking the Liverpool managers from 1959 to the present day. Um, I'd like to thank uh, bookmakers.com TV for allowing us to do this and um, we'll see you soon. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our US-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.